welcome to today's edition of the Bradley Hall Show. I am your host, the Bradley Hall. All right. First, I wanted to just quickly say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you enjoy our content, please share it with friends and family or even strangers on social media and help us get the word out. We certainly would appreciate it. Also, if you are interested in finding out more about me and or working with me, please visit my website at www.thebradleyhall.com. Also, please check out my new online academy, Life in Truth Academy. It's an online academy dedicated to education for mental health, physical health, and spiritual health. I think you'll like what we have there. Please check it out, www.lifeintruthacademy.com. And again, we appreciate your support, and I'll get you back to your content. Today, my guest is my good friend, Danny Doran. Danny is here today to discuss the power of cycles with our physical and mental health, as well as female empowerment. And she's going to talk a little bit about how that plays into her new program designed for women. Please welcome Danny Doran. So I just realized I haven't done a podcast in a while, and you were the last one I did. Funny. Gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. I, ju- I just, uh, so here we are, part th- Danny Doran, part two. Is it yeah. Doran or Doran? Doran. Doran, okay. Danny mm-hmm. Doran, part two. Uh, so good. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're here. Glad to have you. <clears throat> How long ago was that? It was in the summer. It was in the Wasn't summer? It, July? it was warm out. It definitely didn't have snow on the ground when we did it. Um, September. I want to say, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. You're right. I had just started the business. I just got my LLC. <clears throat> September 18th was that day. Okay. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while. I've been, I've been slacking, um, but you're going to kick this off. You're going to be the first one in a series. Um, I think I'm just going to start doing the mo- monthly. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, be a little more. I, I did, I don't know, I did like 25 in like six months and I can't keep up that pace. But so um, you're kicking off the new year. Besides 2020, just kind of sucked ass didn't it (laughs) see I have a totally I mean yes in a lot of ways but my personal experience was a really really great one so it's hard for me to express that a little bit because I know for a lot of people it was a lot different yeah I I actually share I share that sentiment to to an extent I mean the external circumstances were were intense but it forced a lot of personal growth uh, on my part um, for a lot of people, I think really, you know, there are people that were aware it was happening and it was really good for them. There are people that weren't really aware that it was happening that were kind of forced to change. And I think it was a little harder on them, but I, I do think in the end, we're all, we're all going to be better off because of it. Oh, Don't completely. You? I see it so much Yeah. in the quiet space. I mean, it's, it's like what meditation offers. Yeah. You know, like, is this going to be distracting to sit on a ball 
So sometimes I'm moving. A little. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll find out in the, the YouTube comments, right? Yeah. Like, tell her to stop <laughs> bouncing. I'm not like going crazy or anything, but sometimes yeah. I just need some movement. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to have a little cool. bit of disclaimer before we get into this. I want to tell uh, the people listening that for my guy listeners, um, you could probably get some nuggets out of this one, but this is, this is probably a little, little bit more geared towards the ladies, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I, I just want to let people know that. I, I don't want a guy to get 45 minutes in and be like, what in the hell was all that? Uh, I want to kind of give you a little bit of a disclaimer. This is this is more geared towards uh, females. Not that, I mean, there's going to be a lot of wisdom in here. I think anybody could get some stuff out of it. But I don't want somebody to feel like they, uh, they could have spent their time, you know, uh, better doing something else. Uh, so, but if you're a guy and you don't want to tune in, um, share it with your, the lady in your life. And let her listen, right? Definitely. Well, and I see value in men knowing this because I'm not actually speaking to, yes, I'm using the menstrual cycle as like your foundation and base, but the mindfulness and the cyclical talk is present in our everyday life also. Mm -hmm. So the moon cycles and things like that. So I actually think if you're opening, if you're open to seeing like the larger picture that I'm more or less talking about disrupting a pattern, which you could then translate into your life, regardless if you're male or female. Agreed. Agreed. And I planned on, I figured that we were going to uh, get into that conversation pretty deep. So um, I just wanted people to know yeah. uh, that this is going to be, um, it's going to have the M word in it that we've already used. And uh, if you're adverse to that, then uh, check us out the next episode. If not, stick with us. We, we always have a great conversation and a lot to talk about. So um, uh, ironically, uh, the last time we talked, we did talk about 2020 as well. <clears throat> we were smack dab in the middle of it. Is this, tell us what you're doing now. Let's go that direction. Yeah. So my business is up and running. Um, the wildfire within. I am in the midst of a coaching certification, um, the Sex and Happiness Apprenticeship and Certification Program with Lori Handlers and Brianna Krebeyer. Um, I am still an owner of a local Cleveland restaurant and um, a mom to twins and a stepmom to my, my 14-year-old stepdaughter. Um, okay. So, um, let's get, let's get grumpies out of the way, right? Okay. Let's, let's tell everybody if you're in Cleveland now, go to grumpies right now. If you're going to be in Cleveland, <laughs> make a plan to go when you get there. Right. What, yes. <clears throat> tell us about grumpies real quick. So we have been in Cleveland serving breakfast for over 20 years, but this location we've been there, we hit 14 years this January. So that was a big milestone for us, but we serve breakfast from 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. every day, seven days a week. Um, pancakes, omelets, corned beef hash, everything we make from scratch. So we're a scratch kitchen. Um, Cajun home fries are our side dish that everyone knows about. All right. They come and get. And uh, it's just a really fun space. When you walk in there, everyone it's got a real homey space to it. So we have local artists on the wall that change every month. So 
the atmosphere kind of changes with that feel, right? Like whatever mm-hmm. artwork is up there. Um, and Tremont is the neighborhood that we're in, which it's a very artsy neighborhood and it's big on community. Obviously COVID kind of has downplayed a little bit of that, yeah. but um, you can, you can definitely get the feel that people are supporting that everyone around is supporting each other. So yeah. good. yeah, it's a good vibe. And um, our breakfast is like no other. Okay. So is that it, it, for the people who are going to go for the first time? That's you, you reckon, recommend them to start there with breakfast. Definitely. It, uh, something that we just recently switched since we opened after COVID cause we did close for five months. Mm-hmm. Um, breakfast has been the thing that people always talk about the most. Okay. So I've been shooting this idea out there that, Hey, let's just serve it all day. Let's just serve it all day and do it. But we would get a big crowd from downtown that really loved our lunch. And so we thought we might kind of toy around with the atmosphere in that sense. They love coming and being able to get you know, salads and sandwiches and soups and things like that. So we still have that on the menu, but, you know, COVID has for me given me a little bit more permission to do what, you know, we want to do. And we said, let's give it a try. And now 80% of what we sell is breakfast and people are loving it. They're, they're thanking us for being able to get it all day because we used to, or we offered it all day on the weekends. But then during the week, it shifted to having breakfast during the morning and lunch in the afternoon, which I felt was a little confusing for people because they could get it at, you know, two in the afternoon on a Saturday. Yeah. And they were coming to us then. So um, it's been kind of fun to watch that shift play out and people just really love our breakfast. So, yeah, I, I, that's I, I, there's a bigger point from a from a business, from a marketing standpoint, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, is that you paid attention to the trends and you listened to your customers and you adjusted. I'm sure that when you started this restaurant, you didn't imagine that breakfast was going to be the staple of what you were going to do. Um, figured it was probably going to be a part, but not really the cornerstone. And um, it, it sounds like you've just kind of rolled, you just rolled with it and taken advantage of the opportunities, right? Yeah. It's kind of been my, the way I play the entrepreneurial game. It's smart. That's my role. I run the restaurant with my mom and she's the good stable, like, let's keep the things the way that they are. This feels good and comfortable. And this really, you're the radical hippie who wants to try new things. And yeah. Yes. And let's push the envelope, disrupt the pattern. That's, you know, kind of what I'm doing. The name of my new business as well. Um, I realized it's, it's a gift to be able to push the envelope just a little bit and say, Hey, I know that this change may not feel super comfortable, but it's kind of what's being called for right now. So let's give it a shot. And thankfully, you know, at least at the restaurant there, we have a backing. We have, you know, 14 years, you know, 20 plus years in another location and behind us. So it's not as um, worrisome because our following is, is a uh, solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I would think, I mean, I, I'm sure crazier things have happened. I would think if you've made it this far through COVID that you're, you're probably going to survive. I hope it's, it's knock on wood. I don't need to jinx anything. I know like it's, it's still a worry that, you know, we live with. Um, but thankfully we've, it doesn't look the same as it looked before COVID for sure. Um, but it's, it's enough to keep us where we're at right now. So for that, you know, we're thankful that we still get to do what 
we love and and meet people every day and and cook really good food. So we're going to keep rolling with it as long as we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I met a guy here uh, in Southwest Florida that had owned restaurants throughout his life, and out of his own pockets, he opened a New Mexican restaurant, and he brought um, family members on board to work for him. And about two or three weeks later is when the COVID thing happened. Mm. We had just talked to him a couple of weeks after it started uh, and they've closed down. He couldn't, he was, he was, he was writing all the, all the checks and they just couldn't survive. And I, I'm sure you could probably tell dozens of stories of it being in the industry, of restaurants that didn't make it. So um, I, I'm, I'm grateful that, that you were able to survive this. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. It's, it's been a ride. Um, that's for sure. But we've, you know, taken, taken advantage of the loans that are available and really tried to put it into our staff and make sure that they are um, well and comfortable. And that's the really great thing about the shift in this is my new company. Um, I'm supporting my staff in a totally different way than I was being there in presence with them every day at the restaurant. I'm working with them and coaching them individually. So just as people they yeah. feel that they're getting, you know, getting something more than just a job. Um, and I think that has shifted my energy into supporting them differently so that they're with us for, you know, the long haul. Yeah. I like that. I do like that because this is, this is what people normally need is what, what companies should be giving back to their employees anyway but in particular with what we've been through, it's, it's like, it's the most boring apocalypse ever. I, I keep saying that, you know, <laughs> I it, like that. It shouldn't feel like the whole world has collapsed, but, but it does, it's heavy. And you know, the things that I think people are waking up to the things that going out to dinner, going to the movies, going to the park, going to parties, whatever the case may be, sporting events, those are the things that kept that relieved tension. They were therapeutic to, to us. And now suddenly when we didn't have those, um, it, it tells us one thing, one that we had an outlet that we didn't know we had. So we thought, we think we're a little stressed or we're not stressed, but we, it's because we were, we had an outlet to get rid of it. And, and, um, that's certainly the first part of it. But the second part of that is not having that outlet really compounds everything else. And all the all the normal things that that are a little troublesome suddenly are magnified ten, twenty, thirty times over, and um, and we've seen that accumulative effect. And I, I deal with people every day, and I know you do too. It's um, it's just become overwhelming for people, and and people don't understand why. That's the thing. I mean, they because it's the most boring apocalypse ever. They're like, I, I'm I'm healthy. I can eat. You know, I'm I'm not starving. I, most people, there are a lot of people who lost their jobs and are worried about the economy, um, getting unemployment, that kind of thing. But for the most part, most people are in a similar condition to where they were a year ago. It just feels so much different. And um, I know that the organization that I work for is trying very hard to reach people like, like you're reaching people. I, I think it's commendable that you're doing that. And that's the kind of thing that I was talking about a few minutes ago, that I, I hope those are the type of permanent changes that other restaurants see you survived and, and you have employee loyalty and, and people want to stay there and they're happy and they're like, hey, 
we need, I don't care why they do it as long as, as long as they do it, as long as they mimic it. That's how we start new trends. That's how we, we, we change, we change lives, we change, you know, generations. So that's the kind of stuff that I hope we see out of this from all across the board, not just the restaurant industry, but everywhere that people really stop and companies think about their employees' well-being, but people stop and start thinking about their own well-being, mm-hmm. which is which is why they need to pay attention to what we're getting ready to talk about, right? Yeah, I I wanted to mention something too is that in this in this time of quiet, it's very much tied in my head to the way that cyclical living is, you know, basically what I'm here to talk about, but also it's apparent everywhere. So if we look at the death and rebirth of everything that that's what COVID for me, at least left a space for is the dying of the things that really, you know, maybe they served you in a sense, like you said, you know, going to the movies and doing this and doing that. But what if, you know, letting all of those fall away and seeing like, what is there like bare minimum, what is there and, and where can I, you know, connect with the people around me more? Um, kind of, you know, the dying of the self. And then now here we're in springtime and seeing kind of little bits and pieces of light shining through, um, you know, some some lightness to the game. Um, looking forward that we have this opportunity to to birth what's to come in ourselves and how we want to show up in the world, um, which I think, like you said, people were not necessarily aware of why they're upset or why these things are happening, but they are. So how can we use it to understand about understand ourselves better and to give a hand to everyone else out there and be there to support, um, to support our community and, and the world for that matter. Yeah. I I like that. Let's, let's run with this. Shall we? Yeah. So when, when I'm the kind of guy I like to really look at break things down and I'm real big on the things that we do and we don't know why we do them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's interesting is, is that in the, in the winter time is, is a technically a time for hibernation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we have the, the, the Christmas, the holiday traditions that we have. All right. So in the wintertime, it's a time of death coming into the rebirth into spring and we would hibernate. But from a human standpoint, that could be pretty depressing when you're not, you don't have access to the sun and it's cold. And I'm talking about old timey cold. I'm talking about, uh, you know, it may be 12 degrees outside and the only thing keeping you warm is is a fireplace or a fire and the you know you're bringing wood in the family that's it that's all you got that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about and and so they it would seem natural that they decorate things with bright colors and and I'm sure they would have Christmas lights but bright colors of, of red and gold and green that kind of thing to, to brighten brighten their spirits but the so with that said, when you look at it, it it was it really was a time to slow down, right? We farmed, agriculture took place in the spring and the summer and the fall, and you you packed your food for the winter, you packed your weight on, knowing you were going to lose it in the winter, um, and and you better have enough fat on you to survive through the winter because food might run out. That kind of so people really did slow down, which is why the holidays are a time for families to come together. People really did 
slow down. And isn't it ironic in our modern society that it has become just the opposite? The holidays are so, they're just crazy. They're just intense and crazy and you can't wait for them to get, get over. And, um, I just find that fascinating that we've done that as, as human beings that we, we we've had. And so with that said, last year, when we, when COVID started and we just shut everything down, I had said to many people, what this has shown us is that we should take a month out of every year, like February and just shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Everything, restaurants, shut, everything just shuts down. Retail stores, everything shuts down. Everything just shuts down and everybody spend time at home and everybody slow down and recharge your batteries. And, it'll never happen. <laughs> it'll never happen. But ideally it should from, from the cyclical standpoint that you're talking about, um, you know. And it could, I mean, there's, and let's talk about, you know, little things, right? There's people that I hear that do, you know, no alcohol in January. They do no, no uh, Instagram or social media for a month and things like that. And I'm seeing that trend a little bit more. So I'd like to say that we're moving a little bit in that direction of noticing that need for disconnect because we've been so, you know, connected or ambushed by the energies of the holidays. Um, But yeah, what you're speaking to is exactly cyclical living. And so when you notice the seasons in nature, so like you're saying, winter time is a time for hibernation, which with that comes introspection, reflection, um, when we say, you know, seasonal depression, I don't want to deny somebody of their truth if they feel that's really true. But for me, it's more a dishonoring of what the season is there to show you. So maybe that's an imbalance in the food that you're putting into your body. Maybe that's emotions that are stored in your body that you're really not interested in seeing. And so it feels like anxiety. Um, It's the deeper understanding of the things that we experience in our human body that I think in general, the world is maybe starting to touch on this, right? Which is why you and I are speaking of it, but it's not something that's practiced in the business world, in the corporate setting, in on Amazon or, uh, you know, any of those spaces, yeah. um, which makes it very hard to live cyclically in an non-cyclical world, right? So we're not honoring the natural seasons. And do you mind if I take this into my my uh, connecting it to the female body? No, please do. That's why we're here. Yeah. So honoring the seasons in nature and knowing the energies that they bring. So we've already defined what winter is, right? Spring is, I think, of flowers that are just starting to poke through the soil. Right. So they're just like just letting the first pieces of themselves touch the sunlight. They're not fully in bloom yet. They're just coming out and and uh, beginning to kind of tiptoe into the world. Um, Summertime, the energy for me is. Basking in the sunshine, right, like you're full on, you're fully present, you're like, yes, this feels amazing. Um, And then fall time comes around and we have transition. We have the starting to see the the little bits that are maybe needing to change some so that those can die off in the winter and then you can rebuild your energy and come back out in the spring. So 
with all of those defined, that's exactly what the female body experiences every 30 days. So when we talk about a menstrual cycle, let's say 28 to 32 days or so, every it's different for everyone, but every week-ish or so, they float through wintertime is menstruation. Wintertime is when a woman needs to take care of her body, quiet down, slow down, rest. And then moving into springtime, her body is saying, oh my gosh, I literally shedded pieces of myself, right? If we're getting literally detailed here. Yeah, they, there's pieces of yourself that are right. not in your body anymore. And then... And that's... Uh, let's let's stop on that for a second. Yeah, it's traumatic. It's an injury. Yes, uh, it truly. I don't know. I don't like the word injury, but I know where you're going with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's met, it's metaphorically an injury. It's something that um, it's a loss of your body, and your body has to repair what is lost. It it take it takes energy. It 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 requires energy for that yes. to happen. That's that was my yes. point, the healing part. Yeah, I was following you. I know. <laughs> It, um, thanks for th- but thanks for making me clarify in case someone else wasn't wasn't catching. So go ahead. Definitely. So then springtime, we have, you know, well, let me take back to winter. So winter time also, if we use it for everything that is it is good for, we've sat with some things, just like in right now. I'm I don't have much to do. I'm not going outside a whole lot. It's winter time, you know, outside here. That's really what I experience through menstruation. So menstruation, if you take away all of the outside stimulus, all of the things flood into your brain of like, oh, this is, you know, maybe what's going on. Maybe I should, uh, you know, take a dance class or maybe I could do this or, hey, this is all the to-do things that I need to do or, um, you know, really give yourself time to, to reflect and soak up the energies that are are coming into you. It's actually a very psychic time for women if they can get quiet enough to honor that in their bodies. Then we get to spring where it's like, okay, I saw those things in wintertime. Now I get to kind of play around with it. And this is where for me can be a little bit of an imbalance, which is where, you know, a period coach or a menstruation coach or something could come into play is that my body wants to go like, yeah, summertime. Like I'm feeling better. I don't need rest anymore. Let's go. Right. And that's where some of the imbalance can come because your body isn't ready yet to go like full bore, um, you know, head first into everything. Um, and, and then so on and so on. So summertime is a really great in a woman's body to bring on the extra weights in their workout, work out a little bit harder because their energy is at their is high, right? We can speak fluidly and um, articulate is a really great time. So these are all the little intricate moments that if you pay attention to the seasons in your body, you can recognize what each season is good for and how you can utilize it. So I could I could go on for a long time about all of this. So let me know. Are you following? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, more than more than you realize. I'm and okay. I've got a I've got a lot to add, but I just want to let you go. I want to listen to you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then comes fall, and so summertime is also ovulation. So ovulation is when you have the opportunity to make a child. So if we look at that as maybe it's a child, maybe it's not a child, but it's a form of creation. 
So we could also look at each, like if you're not ready, you know, to bear a child, you look at ovulation in summertime as this time to, what are you using? What are you doing with your creative energy that you've sat with during wintertime and really saw as something that maybe, you know, you wanted to bring into the world? put pieces and parts of it together in springtime and kind of, you know, touched a little bit on it and started to build up your energy for it. And then summertime, you said, here I am world. This is my creative piece. That's also where ovulation can come into play because for a lot of women, that's making a baby. So that's creating something in your actual body. Um, And then comes fall. So fall, and these all have different phrases for them too, which I'm not using the scientific terms here because I feel for people that are just jumping on board to the knowledge in itself. It's a lot, um, it feels better to use terms that we use on a regular basis, right? Fall, winter, spring, summer. Yeah, absolutely. For comparison reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But so fall, it's your luteal phase, um, but it's the time where most women talk about having PMS, right? Which I think is just a load of shit because fall is actually your truth telling time. So fall is a time that you are probably going to experience a lot of tension. You are going to see everything that you have neglected in yourself for the entire, your entire season, right? Your, or your entire cycle. So all of the seasons combined. You are going to see the pieces and parts of yourself that maybe you needed to hold a boundary somewhere and you didn't. And so it turns up as rage or anger in your fall phase because you didn't honor that in yourself when you saw it earlier. So fall is a really, it was a really potent time for me to to see this space because society has told us that you're supposed to feel this way. You're just supposed to be a bitch during this time. So basically, whatever I say, if it's a week before my period, you can just discredit me because it's just a low, you know, you're just hormonal. Yeah. I I, want to, you know, let's expand on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you meant, that society says that you're just expected to be a bitch. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it, society, and we could talk about this in all kinds of shapes and, and forms, male mm-hmm. or female, doesn't matter. But society expects a baseline. And then when you deviate from that, which is what you're talking about, uh, when you deviate from that, and you go below that for la- for terrible analogy um, with, with the PMS, then something's wrong with you. And that's why you're dismissed. So it, there's a very negative connotation with it that I know you know that way better than I do. Um, but I, I, I think we need to acknowledge that. and we. we I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this with cycles too, because I feel this way about, about, I believe depression is tremendously overdiagnosed. You can't just, you can't just run at, at a hundred percent all the time without backing off and, and giving your body. I, I didn't say that the way I wanted to say it. You just can't maintain, we, we have this baseline and they, they just keep raising the baseline and raising the baseline and raising the baseline. And we just go, 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 go. I, I, I read somewhere recently that the average American takes in like 150 newspapers worth of information a day. Um, and if you, th- if you think about two or 300 years ago, they were lucky they took in a newspaper a week. 
you know, I mean, you probably had some wealthier people in some wealthier areas that got the newspaper every day, but some people that wasn't a thing. And we just maintain and maintain. And I think sometimes what's being diagnosed as depression is the body's way of pulling back and regenerating in this cycle that we're talking about. So I, I, we, I want everybody to know we have never talked about cycles before that I'm aware. Have we? You and I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I am huge on this, especially there are two there. I want to add to this. I'm not only believe in the lunar cycles for both men and women. Mm-hmm. I also, I believe in daily cycles you should plan your day around these cycles and know what works for you and what doesn't um, with, you know, sleep being the hibernation period. Um, and it doesn't quite work out to six hours because, you know, you have your, some people sleep eight hours, but there's still the cycle that is involved. And the other thing is a dietary standpoint from an annual standpoint. Um, we're eating the same food over and over and over and over again. And 400 years ago, you didn't have that luxury. Um, you ate salads in the spring because there was new grass and, and broccoli and, and lettuce was available because it's a cool crop. And then you ate corn in the summertime and, or, or you know, in the wintertime you had your harvest and, and then you canned things and then you ate. That's why hunting season's in winter because you had to go out, you had food stores that were supposed to last all winter. So to supplement that, you went out and you hunted some, uh, an animal in the winter and, and tried to try to use that as well. So I'm huge on cycles. Huge. I just wanted to pop that in there. I love it. See, this is what I'm speaking to really is for any bodied person, right? Mm -hmm. Because once you honor those cycles, whether it be in your body or whether you see them in nature, whether you see them in the moon is it once you kind of can wrap your head around the idea, you begin to see it everywhere. And it really has benefited my life a lot and supported me in knowing that I don't have to be at that baseline all the time. I can be, you know, high at some point and feel really, really great. And then not be so terrified of the low points because they're there for me to either ask for help and support or just, you know, comfort myself in new ways that I haven't done before. Give yourself permission to just lay down on the couch and do nothing without feeling. Mm -hmm. It sounds so minor. Uh It's a major accomplishment for many people. It just, Oh, I can't get my wife to stop. She sits down and then she pops up and she get, she'll go do something else and come back and sit back down. And then she's like, Oh, I forgot. And she'll get up and do something. I mean, we're all guilty. Um, yep. And we need to give ourselves permission for, for that, uh, for that downtime. Go ahead. I, lo- yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, and playing off of what you're saying too, is it's really helped me a lot in to, to frame my, my month um, in the cyclical way, because I can look forward to the times where I know I'm going to need the rest and plan it. So I am a decent planner, right? Like when you are managing kids schedules and you have work and multiple businesses and things like that, my schedule is, it's not as intricate as it used to be, but I go ahead and take a look at what's to come. And so I know what my body can handle and by all means, it's not perfect. You know, I can't, you'll schedule something and all of a sudden, you know, your cycle will change a bit by a couple of days and, you know, you, you bend and weave with that. But I, I know, you know, when I take a look, look at my week, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be hitting the dead of winter come next month or come next week. That's why I got a massage today. I know that my body and my, you know, the tension that I hold on certain days and what it is that I need. So does living cyclically mean that I am also trying to reach that baseline? No, it means that I can find a better balance 
that the highs aren't so high and the lows aren't so low, but I can also prepare for the times where I know I'm going to need it a little bit more. So like uh, in my, in summer, right. In like mid ovulation, I plan like a girl's get together or something to where I can be really social. I can be seen, I can be heard. Um, I'm around people, you know, that, that lift me up because I'm feeling really good. It's also when we can look in the mirror and see a little bit more of ourselves and, you know, might like how you look a little bit more better or, you know, like, because when you think about what is ovulation time for your body, your time for ovulation is to attract a mate. Your body is literally like saying like, Hey, I'm getting ready. I got an egg. Let's do something with it. That's right. That's and, right. And so you can see like, and so I'm speaking to all the ways where we can be in alignment. So like at that point, yes, I feel really great being seen. But for some women, let's talk about the imbalances. That here is where maybe summertime, as much as I love basking in the sun and putting on a bathing suit and being out and being around people, other people, that may be their, the very epitome of what feels good to them, right? And so from a coaching perspective, I would really see where, what is holding you back from being truly seen? What aren't you seeing in yourself that you are, you know, holding back from the world? Um, and I've, wa- I've worked through these things myself as well. And I'll tell you, coming out with my business and taking on coaching clients and having a greater presence on social media, I have needed way more support in my spring and summertime because I, it's, it's a stretch for me right? Like I'm not ready to fully be seen in that, but I know it's something I want to do. So that's been a little hard for me. So that's where the coaching aspect can come in too, is where working with someone to try to understand what imbalances you're feeling in your body, how it relates to what season you're in, and then the steps that you can take, or maybe the tools that you can gain to help you through those difficult, um, you know, those imbalances. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So much I want, I want to say here. So the, the first thing I want to touch on is that there, there's going to be an argument. There's going to be pushback or at least thoughts. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, not that big a deal, but when you were talking about that, the ovulation time is, is a time that, that women want to be seen like, Hey, I want to make a baby. And there are going to be people who are going to refute that. And but people should know that there's there's no shame in that because that's the way we're built. Mm. The, there are two things that humans are designed to do, survive and reproduce. That's it. And reproduction comes in the survival part. Mm. And, and eating, eating is part of the survival. So we're, we're born this way. And I think this gets, this gets off into a psychological tangent, which I'm, you know, really good at. Uh, <laughs> Good's the word you want to use. Um, <laughs> Proficient. <laughs> it's it's under it, it's when we can understand exactly what you said that we are designed that way. That the beautiful things begin to, to happen when we can embrace it. It doesn't mean that it controls your life. It doesn't. You're not excusing women to be over vain or 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 men to be over vain or uh, anything like that or use that as an excuse for risky behavior. We're just simply acknowledging our nature as as a mammal on the planet and the biological functions that happen. 
And so I think that's, that's critical for people to understand. It is okay to understand that your body has a drive to be seen, to mate, whether you intend to do it or not. And whatever you want to do with that is fine as long, but you need that piece to really understand it. So you don't repress it. Repression is when bad things happen. When we pretend that we're not sexual beings that we're not here to reproduce and we try to make that go away and we think we're above that and we repress it it's one of two things going to happen it's going to come out in a shadow side with with uh with risky behavior and 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 you know uh, affairs or or porn addictions or those type of things or it's going to manifest into major depression and or types of neuroses that that cause actual uh, psychological issues so um, that, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to point that out. That's huge that people really understand that if there was anybody, because it sounds vain, right? That a woman wants to be seen and some people are going to say, well, she shouldn't. Well, yeah, I guess. So tell me, I think that clarifies it a little bit. So what is your version of being seen? Well, I, you, or I, how you interpreted. I think that's the, a great, yeah, I, I would love to I clarify that. that. I think that's a great question. I think that's a great question to to clarify. Um, you know, you're not trying to rope me into a. <laughs> what? No, you're not I'm actually, setting me up. Are you? Um, no, I'm. Lo- I'm looking into, and I don't mean. So let me go here then. I don't mean seen as in nude or. No, um, no, no. I didn't. Right? I didn't like we're not saying. That. Okay, so I'm saying seen as in like. If we look at the energy that comes with summertime and ovulation, right? If we go ahead and say that your body is literally preparing to create something, right? Okay, so yes, you have sexual energy behind it because that's how your body is made. But we also can recognize that it's a way to, you know, for me, it was having a bigger presence on social media and actually speaking to things that I care about. For me, that's being seen. That's being right. seen in the light that I am saying it's a little bit, uh, it feels raw, but it feels um, like I'm actually willing to show my true self and speak the things that I have been learning and speaking about kind of just mm-hmm. with my close circle, but being seen in the way that, okay, here you go, world. I'm willing yeah. to piss some people off that may not resonate with me, but this is here I am. Yeah, it's true expression. Right? And it could be yeah. something it could be something as simple as just a woman going and getting her hair and nails done and, and wanting to come home and show her husband. I, I mean yeah. it, it's something or just not even wanting to show her husband, just wanting in, in the COVID era to just want wanting to take a shower and put on some real clothes and actually go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, yeah, I, I didn't mean anything deviant by that at all. And um, oh yeah. Uh, but I but I know that there's um there, there is a lot of opposition there, and there's religious opposition. There's psychological opposition. People talking about the ego and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the religious opposition, I, I'm not real concerned about the ego, uh, the psychological aspect of the ego. I, I, I embrace that 100%, but I do think, um, there's, when I was a firefighter, there were things that we learned in the, in, in the classroom. And then there was the way we did them on the street. And I think, that's what we're talking about here. There's things, ways we can live. Ide- there's ideal, ideological. 
<laughs> Try it again. <laughs> uh, we can live ideologically. Why, why can't I say that right now? <laughs> I don't even know if I know that word. I, ideologically? Is that a word? Ideologic, I, we'll, well, let's find a new word, shall we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do it another shot. So, you can do it. <laughs> all right. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I was going to say it. Um, there, there's, there's the idea of the way we should live and there's the reality of the way we can live. And, um, to my knowledge, there's only one person that just about everybody can agree, uh, live their life perfectly. Um, and there's a, there, arguably there's a couple more and, and we're talking billions and billions of humans. So it's, it's not realistically to, to live perfectly. We still, we still are humans. We still have biological drives and we have things we have to work out. So I think under, that goes back to what I was saying a minute ago, just understanding that it's okay. This is our drive. Um, and how that works in is the key. That's, that's what we're talking about, right? The awareness of, of just the awareness of who we are, and what we are. Yeah. I think, are you speaking to choice? Right. So like you're learning these ideas, but you get to choose how well, you I, want to bring them into your life or how you want to translate them so that they work for you. Well, I, I wasn't, but we can. I mean, my I was simply just bringing about the point for, for anyone that may not have understood what you meant about wanting to be seen or someone who may have pushed back um, and maybe not even want anyone listening, but just in general. That um, that that's egotistical. That that's you know materialistic. That that's something we shouldn't. I was kind of clarifying that that's that's our drive. That's that's who we are. We want to be, we want to be understood. We want people to see us. Uh, we want to. So I guess a little bit of my background um, and what I do with what I teach is that is expressionism. I think that lack of expressionism is the basic fundamental, the basic foundation of depression. And I, I think there's, there's two things. There's what we talked about, not being able to balance and keep the baseline. And uh, which you had said a minute ago about reducing highs and lows. And I think that is critical. I think that should be a life goal, people to reduce the highs and lows. But I think the bigger picture is, is learning how to balance them on the baseline. So if you do do something that's extreme and really high, that you give yourself the time to match that on a low to be able to balance it back out and bring it down the baseline, which goes back to what I was talking about earlier. We don't. We just come up here and we stay up here, stay up here. Well, your body will figure out how to bring you back down real quick. That's when we get sick. So when we get depressed. And we can't, and well, and I shouldn't throw depression around. I don't mean to throw depression around like I'm, I'm throwing because um, from a medical standpoint, I don't, I, I mean, there's clinical depression. I just think that depression is overdiagnosed. And sometimes sure. and, calling depression I, is, is this need to balance out the highs like I was just talking about. Yeah. And my interpretation of when you said depression and that was like a, a quietness, right? Like a deeper need for just introspection and, um, right. yeah, just yeah. To pull back. And, and I posted something yesterday on Facebook actually about that very thing. Sometimes I just, you know, I just personally disappear. I can't, I, I recently have gone through a phase in the last couple of months where, um, I started my PhD program in October mm -hmm. uh, for one. Um, I experienced some unusual loss, in um recently and uh we've had some family things happen that 
that aren't traumatic, but they, they, they were still traumatic for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have had a lot of people that saw something was different with me, reach out to me and wanting to, I, I think, repay me for some of the things I, 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 I do for them. And, but I do it differently. When I do that, I want you to just leave me alone. Mm. I need, and so I pulled away and some of those people were coming at me saying, how can we help? You know, let me help you. And I didn't, I didn't, the, I just, the best thing they could do for me is to just, when I'm done to be standing right where they are and let me come back to them. So that's what I'm talking about with the introspection. Like you're talking about, we all handle it different. Sometimes we all, we need people around. Sometimes we don't need people around, whatever the case may be, but it's that, it's, it's that honoring yourself that you talked about earlier, just giving your, 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 yourself a chance to regenerate however you need to do it. Definitely. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is that your introspection looks like alone time and support in that looks like be on the phone when I give you a call and I'm ready to emerge again. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And don't ask me about it. When I come back around, you know, happy go lucky, let's not talk about it. That means I've put it behind me and we're, we're, we're moving on. Uh, yeah, but or wait so till I bring it up. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah, up yeah. to you to start the conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so I don't know how we got, got off on that, but um, anyway, we got way far away. Yeah, where, a little bit. <laughs> where do we need, where do we need to go to get back? <laughs> um, this is when you know conversations are good though, when you can just. It is. We were, let's see, I think we were, I was, I just touched on imbalances, right? So how you can use your cycle to see pieces of yourself and how it works for you. Um, But a lot of why people are interested in this type of work or these conversations are because they are feeling the imbalances. And so I gave an example of, you know, not, not feeling comfortable in being seen. Um, or at that point, you know, your PMS or your, um, unease in the time before your menstruation comes. Um, so that's really where I can take this is, uh, mindfulness meditation. So that's the other piece. I don't know that I've mentioned this yet, but I created a program, which is why we're here. Right. <laughs> to, I've tried. Um, I've tried like three or four times to get you to talk about it. And I know, I and won't. it's it's still hard for me to kind of define it because I'm just really enjoying speaking to this out loud. So then to try and step into speaking of it and try to like sell myself in it is it's a little funky for me. So thank you for bearing with me. Well, I. Um, you're welcome. But I, I don't, um, first of all, I, I want to say that I'm really proud of you because I, I've been trying to push you to something like this for a while. <laughs> uh, and I, I think, I think you're amazing. I really do. And I'm glad that we we've, we've been able to connect and I felt it, uh, and, and naturally so in, as our relationship developed, I felt, I felt your resistance to, move forward with something like this. And, mm. and sometimes it takes time to develop in its own. And I, I think it has, um, like but COVID. I, I think what you have, I mean, I, I want you to do, do something like this a year and a half ago, but I've, <laughs> I've read, I've read what you've put out and I know, and I know you well enough that you don't have to sell it. I just want you to talk about it because mm. it's going to sell itself. The, 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 
the people that are going to, that are going to hear it, that, that are, it's going to resonate with are, are just going to be drawn to it. You don't, and you don't want people in it that don't belong in it. Right. So no, yeah. To sell. But it's, it's an amazing program and I just want you to talk about it. No pressure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So I'm looking for it to be a small group of women. Um, I have learned immensely in community with others. And when I learned how my body works cyclically and in mindfulness meditation, so much of it was done on our own, right? Like, yeah. remember our program that we went through? It was, we were like, yay, we're so ready to teach other people. And then it's like, wait, spend all of this time by yourself doing these meditations. And for me, I was like, oh, I don't, whoa, that's crazy for me. Um, but I, I needed it. And it's what led to the, you know, awakening of how important these things are to me. Um, but what the program will look like is 12 weeks of support. Um, we'll meet one hour each week and read the book, Wild Power. So this is my Bible. You could see it's like written in and, you know, all gross. My kids have colored on pages of it. And uh, it's, I, I look at it all the time. But so the author is Alexandra Pope and Sarni Hugo Warlitzer. Um, they're founders of the Red School, which are people, um, a group that I follow a lot. Um, but they will be going through the book and reading chapter by chapter, learning about our seasons, learning about the power that we have, um, being female and having the ups and the downs, um, and also being able to connect to something that's a little bit larger than ourselves, right? Once I, once you connect to the seasons in your body, like I said earlier, like you're connecting to the seasons in nature, then you're seeing cyclical things everywhere. So you just kind of get this larger picture of how everything is connected. Um, so throughout the 12 weeks, we'll be speaking to a lot of that. We'll be doing a lot of mindfulness meditation. So the idea is that the women interested are really looking to develop a mindfulness meditation practice of their own. So my role as a facilitator, I am not looking to make these, make the um, guidelines for them. It's more or less, how does your mindfulness meditation practice look like? And how can I support you in having your practice look a little differently than what it looks like now? Um, because the connection between the two, I believe, mindfulness meditation and menstrual cycle awareness along with a couple other things, um, emotional release being one of them, have led to this like really well-rounded um, toolbox for me and spiritual practice that I can't go a day without speaking to. Like it is ingrained so deeply in me and it's just who I am now um, that I feel I'm just ready to to help others step into if they feel called to it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So does does someone have to have uh, a certain level of meditation experience to join this? Not at all. Okay. I think beginners are just as welcome as someone that is experienced in meditation. Good. Um it's so I've created a couple playlists for of mindfulness meditations that I feel are 
they're meditations for me that are letting you go within rather than take you away. Okay. Right. I've seen a lot of meditations that are there to kind of let you journey elsewhere. And I'm looking to say, Hey, come inside, see what's going on. Um, acknowledge your emotions and your feelings. And, uh, I've created playlists. So I have references and resources that are ready for whoever is coming into the program to go ahead and take into their practice. And then I get to walk them through um, how they're holding themselves accountable to the, the meditation practice that, that they would like to do. And I, I'd like to say that um, from, being a mindfulness instructor, and I know that I know that you'll back me up on this. It can be a little intimidating because we have this we have this Western idea that you know you turn the you flip the light switch and light comes on. <clears throat> um, you can find uh, a, a movie with all kinds of explosions on Netflix. There's always something that's supposed to happen, and when mindfulness is is not about making something happen, it's about it's about sitting and cutting through the noise. There's a whole long thing that goes with it, but I don't want people to be intimidated. I know you don't either. Um, if So mindfulness is really the focus here, but there's, there's a whole lot more to it than that, right? Yeah. It's actually what I've heard from a couple people I've spoken to that are interested in the things I'm speaking of, but intimidated is the word that they've used. And, um, it uh, it opened a new door for me to recognize that this is something that maybe I'm just starting to get comfortable speaking to, but how can I look back and see the self of me that was learning this stuff kind of behind closed doors and not ready to put it out there yet and really care for her? How can I take that and then care for other people that are joining that are still really soft and tender in that space that like... I like where you're going, but like, I still can't say some of the words out loud and I don't know if I'm ready to commit to it yet. Um, and with that, I would say, let's just start with a conversation then, you know, because maybe this program isn't for you right now. Um, but maybe there needs to be a, uh, a really safe space to start asking some questions. You know, meaning me, like maybe I can create a safe space for um, those questions that they have to arise and um, and be there to to guide them through it. Yeah. I'd also like to say that um, we we have such a Western ideology of competition and results and goals. And and I, I. I've really come to understand in the last few years that. Um, well, I won't. I won't go off on that. <clears throat> I won't go to that off on that tangent. What I would just say to anyone who's thinking along these lines that they're not sure about mindfulness or not sure about meditation is there's no, really no. I don't want to say there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's no right or wrong way to start. It's just getting started that's the key. And no matter where you're at, you can you can always find your way. That's part. That's that's absolutely. It's part of it. So there's no competition. There's no, no comparison against anyone else. Um, you know, you don't have to come in here and be a guru when you leave or, or whatever the case may be. So I, I don't want to beat this to death. I just want to give people the confidence to know that mindfulness isn't something it's, it's not supposed to be intimidating. That's, it's the antithesis of that, that 
that everyone can do it from wherever you're at in life. And, and you should. You absolutely should. And Danny's going to tell you why in, in her class. You got to take her class to find out why. Can I, <laughs> can I read this real quick from um, your flow within? Yeah. Uh, all right. So I, I've taken this from uh, your Facebook page and um, I don't want, I don't want to bore everybody and read the whole thing. Um, not that the words were bored, but my voice might, might bore them reading it. Um, so you will be given the tools to set up your own sacred space in your home and develop a mindfulness meditation practice that supports your level of comfort and schedule. It's exactly what we were just talking about as a group. As a group, in the live weekly calls, we will curate a new relationship with the most anticipated time of the month. You will learn how to chart your cycle, notice the seasons, crossover days, and chambers of menstruation each month, and how your body speaks to you. Um, I, or Danny, will guide you in recognizing and releasing judgment and shame around your body and your cycle beliefs. You will learn potent communication tools to share the fruits of your broadening awareness with your loved ones. So I just, I wanted to, I just wanted to share that. So people got a well-rounded idea. I mean, we, we've talked about all these things. I just wanted to put it, I thought you said it very nicely there. So I wanted to share. Um, I love that idea. Thank you for reading that. I sounded like I know what I'm talking about. Whereas here <laughs> I kind of like go all over the place and we just go, la, 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 la. <laughs> well, people should know our conversations do that. We, yeah. We're supposed to be on the phone for an hour and we'd end up on the phone for two and a half hours every yeah. time very easily uh all right so it's a live course is it is a live course we'll be meeting through zoom and it's not the same day each week so i did this purposefully we're meeting monday nights and then the following week will be wednesday afternoon and then monday night wednesday afternoon and alternating like that so you cycle um, through well mom's which i know is who Actually. i'm <laughs> I'm, attracting a here. I'm sorry <laughs> That's okay but our schedules are so off and so different these days that I felt giving everyone an opportunity to you know if they couldn't meet one week at one time sure. they'd at least be able to be there um every other week um so we'll be meeting one hour zoom each week um everyone will get I'm thinking of adding in one or two coaching sessions, one-on-one um, -on -one coaching sessions to everyone that signs up throughout the three months. Okay. Um, the reason for the three months together is so that we can see three full cycles. Um, we can see patterns that may be evolving, right? That we could see. Yeah. Um, and the cost, so the cost is $450 okay. um, for three months, which I think is... Um, I think it's a really reasonable investment to uh, give yourself just a little over, yeah, over a hundred dollars yeah. a month. We, we to, spend so uh, we spend so much money on, I mean, things that don't matter. Things right? that don't matter. We don't even know where yeah. it went. You know, uh -huh. um, I, I I agree with you completely. The um, all right. So where do they need to go to your website here? The Wildfire Within. You got it thewildfirewithin.com or you can find Danny at uh and is your Facebook page is it Danny Duran? Doran. Did it again, Doran. didn't I? You did. Doran. It's all right. Um I think it's Danielle Doran on Facebook and on Instagram it's Danielle.rose.doran. No, it's Danny.rose.doran on Instagram. Okay. On Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. I will put 
I will put a blog up on thebradleyhall.com too, uh, with some links that people can, can find you there. Awesome. And, uh, I can't wait. Do you, you want to come back after you've done your first round and talk about how it went? I would love to. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to have you back. So, uh, okay. Anything you want to say before we go? Um, one last thing is everyone that signs up does get, um, I'll be sending out the book wild power and then I'm also sending out a cycle journal. So awesome. this has been something, and I didn't touch on this. I'm glad you read my description because cycle journal is really what helped me, um, understand the patterns that I was seeing. So in each journal gives you an opportunity to chart each of your probably can't see, but your um, like symptoms, right? Yeah. And how you feel. So it's kind of tracking your emotions, um, how your body feels, um, your mental state, your physical being, maybe um, any practices that you are doing. So if you have a meditation practice or exercise practice, um, things like that, you get to, you get to monitor it. Um, and it's all linked also to the moon cycle that is all listed at the top here. Wow. Okay. And then there's a ton of excellent information. So not only is there journal journaling sections for each day, but each month they give you a really awesome like intro um, into some things that may assist you throughout your cycle or just assist you in being human. So this one is herbal allies for painful cycles. So it's, um, it's a book that I found on Etsy. So Rachel Amber, I believe is her name, Rachel Amber. Um, but she connects everyone together. So in the back, there's a book of um, healing resources and directories of other menstruation coaches like myself or people that are tied to the healing arts. And so each piece in here of information is from somebody else also doing the work like myself. So I love the idea of community and how she really brought in a ton of people to create this one piece that I now get to send out to everybody else um, that's doing the program. So we're all kind of connected in that way. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, I, as always, it's a pleasure and uh, we could just keep this up forever, but uh, we both have things to do. We do. <laughs> uh, but thank you again for coming on and um, you know, we'll definitely have you back uh, sooner rather than later. Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I was so excited when you asked me again. So yeah, this is you. great. And I get to kick off your new podcast. That's monthly. right. The 2021 version. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So There you go. Um, cool. So, all right, I got to go. My daughter's yes. got to track me. Track me. Um, yeah. So thank you so much again. Um, always a pleasure. It's, uh, what I like about us is that we can not talk for six months and then hop back on here and pick up right where we left off. So right. that's, uh, that's pretty special. So I, I appreciate you. I just wanted you to know that. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate you. You're welcome. So, and uh, I'll let you know what's coming out. Okay. Good luck. I'll Thank talk to you. you. Soon. All, right. All right. Sounds good. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.